And now, for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, PNR with This Old Marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, content marketers. I'm Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 49 of PNR's This Old Marketing, recorded on Monday, October 20th, 2014. Are you feeling scared? Are you feeling like this thing that we don't understand is going to spread? It's going to spread to your country, my country, like we're not going to be able to control this thing, feeling like it's out of control? Of course, I'm talking about the new iPads and iMacs being released. What? What did you think I was talking about? Something else? Well, every week here at PNR is a dose of nothing but wonderful new things in content marketing. And you can always subscribe and get those discoveries on Tuesdays. Subscribe via iTunes or Stitcher.com or your favorite email program that you like. And then, as always, stop on by the blog post on Saturdays at thisoldmarketing.com where you'll find all the links to the news and everything we rant and rave about here. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to get this show, this content marketing road on the way here and introducing my colleague, my co-host, and my good, good friend coming this week from, I think, Cleveland, Ohio, the always great, the miracle cure for content marketing, Mr. Joe Polizzi. How are you, my friend? How are you doing? Yes, I am in Cleveland today, but I believe we will meet each other tomorrow in, in Denver, correct? Beautiful, beautiful Denver, where Peyton Manning just set a big record yesterday. I saw that, 509. Quite an accomplishment. Wow. And he seems Huge. like a good guy, too, which is all the better. I loved the keep away that the players were playing with him with the ball. Oh, I didn't Did see, see that. that. I didn't oh, see that. Oh, it was so great. They Somebody caught the ball, and then was they were playing keep away from him on the sidelines, and he was <laughs> he was like oh, a little kid well, keeping the ball we, away. We probably should say, for we have a lot of listeners that aren't football fans. Sure. But, so he, he hit the all-time record for most uh, touchdowns by a quarterback, 509, yeah. correct? Yeah. That's correct. One better than uh, Brett Favre, so of the Green Bay Packers. So yeah, I think that uh, you know, you never know. That guy could hit for six hundred. I mean, he's still got. Oh, he's oh, he's got a lot of gas still left. Still looks good as long as the uh, the soul still burns for football. He will uh, he will be doing it. So the soul still. I like that. The soul still burns. Oh yeah, we're I'm full of all kinds of that kind of stuff in this <laughs> podcast. So get ready to rock and roll on this bad boy. All right. Well, my soul is burning for the news, my friend, and so we will get to our first story. Well, here's the big, I guess, big story um, that came across uh, our wires, as it were. The Association of National Adver- Advertisers has like been on a roll recently with acquisitions and they have announced dun 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 that they have acquired the BMA the Business Marketing Association which we have done a ton of work yep. with this story comes out of the New York Times of all places and says basically for the second time in 5 months uh, the trade association has acquired yet another, and this time they have acquired the Business Marketing Association. Um, and uh, what say you to this? Is this good news, bad news, no news? What do, do we care? I saw this come through, and I got to tell you, Robert, I didn't feel good about it. And the reason why is exactly what happened to B2B Magazine. So if you, if those folks mm-hmm. that remember, this is what uh, well over a year ago now, B2B right. Magazine folded into advertising age now by same same company by the way but different group and they said oh no no we'll be stronger and that's what they're talking about here ana says that we're going to be stronger and they're going to keep the bma brand and bma says they need you know they can use ana to scale and this will be a great marriage and you know they say all the right things in this one but i just have a feeling that it's just going to be subsumed by the larger gorilla 
that is Association of National Advertisers. And I, I'm afraid, I mean, I've been a member of uh, Business Marketing Association for a long time. I just, I'm, I'm afraid it's going to get eaten up and swallowed and we won't have the kind of focus on business marketing because it's, the membership's a lot different. I mean, you've got, you've, oh, right. you've got more. Well, and a lot different people and a lot different companies, quite frankly. Well, that's it. I mean, like if you go to the association, I think they're, what's their event? It's called Marketing Masters, I believe, which has just that's right. grown. I think this year they said they're going to get 2,800 people at their big event up from, I mean, when I was there, I was there a decade ago and there was a couple hundred people. So they've really grown that thing, but you've got the Pepsis and the Coca-Colas and, and right. uh, Walmarts and the big, big consumer advertisers that are there doing their thing. Procter & Gamble is usually always a speaker. And then on the other side, you've got the Motorola's, the Emerson's, the Rockwell Automations of the world that live in a distributor environment, B2B distributor environment. They have much smaller budgets. They don't do television for the most part. Um, it's yeah. it's just a, you know, it's a different animal. And I don't know. I, I was uneasy about it. I, mean, I don't know if you had a feeling either way about it. I don't know either organization all that well, um, and I've you know I've spoken at A and A events, and I have also spoken and will speak in fact in two weeks at a BMA event in Kansas City where I'm a keynote, and you know both groups have always treated me very nicely, and I, I've always seen very very different people at each, so I I guess while I get it, I understand it, I don't necessarily. You know, I, I don't have a feel one way or the other like you would necessarily for what's going to happen to the BMA and all of the sort of things in there. I mean, I, I would I would hazard a guess and say that, you know, all of the things that the BMA is doing really, really well, which events are definitely one of sure. them, um, would continue to be managed by the same people and thus the same sort of have the same sort of quality to them. Um but I, but I wonder, you know, as you're rightly wondering, what goes, you know, something in an acquisition, something goes away, and where does sort of the the creative and the control come from? Yeah, I mean, they're moving offices from Chicago, outside Chicago, to New York, so of course right. they're saving a lot of money there. Um, <laughs> right. Like, okay. Yeah. Let's let's do that. <laughs> um, that makes perfect sense. But yeah. Who's to say? I'm not gonna. I hope for the best. I really, really do. But of course, we just had this thing happen with B2B Magazine, and they said, "Look, we're gonna keep the brand. It's really important. We're gonna keep focusing on that." And it's gone. That brand is gone. And I could see right. that. You know, let's do what would be for in, in episode 98. So, well, that's 49, 49. Whenever we do, what's 49 to 52? 101. <laughs> We'll do episode 101, and we'll talk, and we'll see where... Math, brought to you by Joe <laughs> It's that common core. I just can't get it. It's driving me crazy. Um, let, let's let's see back and see what they do. I just don't have a good feeling. I hope for the best. And it is it is big news. And you know what? From looking at ANA, position of strength right now, they're on the prowl for more. I could see them going out and getting even more. because And the one thing, this is the one thing that that bothered me. And this was not in the New York times article. This was in, I checked a couple other follow-ups. I think it was the one uh, in ad age. And they said, you know, an association national advertising in their search to become all things marketing. Ah, and that just bugs me. It just bugs me. Well, <laughs> who wants to become well, all things? The, Nobody should become all well, things marketing. Right. What is that? What, what is that? <laughs> 
I don't know. I don't know either, I know. but I don't it, it, like it. It's too broad. Well, we talk about niche I mean, marketing right. all the time. We don't want to be all things market. If we're all things, we're no things. Well, they're going to have to change their acronym to ATM. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, you should go on to the next story. This is going to get out of hand. All right. This, well, speaking of ads and advertising, this article uh, comes to us from AdAge. Um, and the name of the article, when I first saw it, I was like really confused about the title. And then reading the title, I became even more confused as I read through the article and then got less confused at the very end. So um, the, the headline is What We Talk About When We Talk About Content. And it's written by the, uh, a guy by the name of Simon Dumenko, who is the self-described media guy uh, for AdAge. And he talks about content, and he's talking about content marketing here, um, although he really couches it in what we have come to see with most articles coming out of AdAge and that side of the fence of branded content and sort of the very, very high-level B2C uh, branded-level content and that sort of thing. And he talks about how this word content really gained currency back, you know, in the early days of the web and that, you know, as he was thinking about content, he used to think about language and all of and you know, and that and imagery and all that sort of thing. And then content is king sort of bugged him and that he's honestly a bit nostalgic about his whole pre BuzzFeed, pre Upworthy, pre Huffington Post, pre social media upbringing as it pertains to creating Content, And then at the very end, he basically says, look, content marketers, more power to you, but I'm just trying to make sure that you remember that there was this time when content wasn't marketing and there was this sort of separate church and state kind of thing. And I read the article and then at the end, and I really want to get your take on this, Joe, but I read the article and I was like, okay, so? I mean, is it really what, – what, what is the point that he's trying to make here? Am I missing something? I don't know. I think there was a special issue on content marketing, and they needed a well, content marketing article. Well, there was that for sure. Article, what they, what <laughs> exactly. They needed. So right. here, it's, it's more ad pages to sell. Yeah, well, it's fine, right? It's fine. It basically, yeah, it's a trip down memory lane. And this was right. back when right. it wasn't all content stuff, and not everybody was doing content. And no, I long for those days. And then he ends with it with, you know, go get them, content marketers. If you can do it, that's fine. You know. You know, no hard feelings type of a thing. But the the one thing that gets me, and this is the, the only thing that I have from this article that's at all, that all makes any sense, is he talks about marketing types started referring to what used to be called advertorial as content marketing. Well, right there, you lost me. Yeah. Because, yes, right. is advertorial sort of part of the content marketing mix? Sure. But the idea, and this comes from a lot of people on that side of the house, a lot of people in media, they automatically associate content marketing with brand, almost like branded content, right? Brands trying to tell stories on media platforms. That's what an advertorial is. Advertorial is not owned content. It's I'm going to take a message or a story that I have and I'm going to try to place it in somebody else's. It's basically – It's native advertising. Native advertising. Yeah, or used to so native advertor or advertorial as native advertising that I could get, that makes sense. Advertorial as content marketing, very very different. So again, we've got a lot of confusion as to what it is, and so then I don't know what we're talking about here. I don't know if I have anything good to add to this one besides there's still a lot of confusion. There just there's that for sure. I mean, the only thing I guess I would I would add to it and is that you know. As I read this, it was yet again sort of this idea of this, the, you know, the sort of, and he seems he seems sort of, you know, 
like it's this predestined thing, like we're, oh, you know, I'm, I'm nostalgic for the way content used to be when it used to be great, you know, and I used to have to walk 14 miles in the snow to get to school. Both ways. I, you know, right, exactly, mm-hmm. right? And so somehow the idea of content and the creation of stories has somehow been ruined by this new trend of that brings more. And I, that's the part that really kind of bugs me is there's sort of this subtext of, it's that's you know that that content marketing is somehow ruining the the idea of telling stories or doing things in you know it's like we talked about this last week with the whole journalism thing right is that i get this sentiment you know couched in varying degrees of 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 sort of overt you know like over the top this sucks to this kind of thing where it's like well if it's going to happen, it's going to happen, yep. you know, and, 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 and it's, it, it's annoying, right? It's, it's annoying because what it says is, is that content marketing is somehow less than and that we can't sort of evolve it to be as good as creating wonderful journalistic, you know, approaches, wonderful emotional storytelling, wonderful uh, creation of language and imagery, as he used the words, to sort of move forward. I, I just, you know, it, it, it it's a it bugs me. Well, I mean, the, the, he makes the the mention of the the church made content, the church side, right? And that's what we talked exactly. about last week, where it's it's everybody's tied to the money. It's just how close you are to that, right? Even the church, even the, even the churches. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's the sort of thing. I mean, I was involved in that when I worked at Pet Media for a long, long time, and as we almost think back and say, oh, it was so pure. There was still a publisher banging on the table, say we can't do this editorial until we get some revenue <laughs> right. in the house. Right? Where where are we going to get the money to cover all you editors? I mean, I was in meetings like that, so <laughs> it's it wasn't all that wonderful trying to deal with that. And sometimes, and we're actually we're going to share uh, our uh, this old marketing example uh, where I think that you can have uh, pretty darn good storytelling and content marketing yep. from a brand that's sort of let loose and not under some of the constraints that traditional publishing was. So I'm looking forward to getting into that. Absolutely. All right. Well, on to the next story then. This one may stir up a whole fun set of discussion here. So the news came out this week, and Copyblogger, um, and all due transparency, Brian Clark and the folks over there are good friends and family of CMI. They announced that they're killing their Facebook page. So here we go, Joe. I mean, all the stuff that we've been talking about on shows leading up to this. So this post comes from Erica Napolitano, which was strangely devoid of the F word, um, and basically talked through their approach to killing and why they killed their Facebook page. Really wonderful post by her where she walks through the fact that they basically came to her and said, we're not getting any results out of this Facebook page anymore. And she said, let me add it. And then went at it for some time and basically came to the conclusion, yeah, you're right. You're not getting any value at it and you're not likely to. So they said, you know what? Our goal is to serve our audience and this ain't one of those things. And so let's jettison this. And it has spurred maybe a lot of inside baseball, but certainly in my you know sort of circle of social media has spurred a lot of conversation, both pro and con. What do you think? I got first of all, you got to give it up to Brian Clark and the oh, team at Copy Blogger because they were the first ones to say they were killing their comments. 
Yep. And now they're the first ones to say, not the first one, but they're very public about saying they're going to kill their Facebook page. What I think is funny is they say, hey, what do you think about this? Sorry, there's no comments at the end of exactly. this because we don't have comments. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to have to All join right. the discussion on Twitter or on their Google Plus page. Right. Yep. I think that this makes so much sense. And you and I, we, you know, we we do speeches all the time. I I talk almost every time about the idea of, do you even know why you're on Facebook? If you know why, is it working for you? And it, but probably it isn't as a business. And you and I, I mean, if if anybody that goes on Facebook right now and you see some type of, even if it's a how-to educational business post that's somewhat related to what you do, it seems odd. It's like it's like the person that's that's butting into a conversation that shouldn't be there. And I think even the case where you've got CopyBlogger, amazing content on copywriting and SEO and content marketing, it just doesn't pay off. It's very hard to get engagement. We have a tough time at Content Marketing Institute as well, uh, unless it's more personal, which is what we try to do on our Facebook page, which is more personal about the staff, and those things seem to work out better. I think this is in the first of many things that you'll start seeing where people will kill their Facebook pages because it's not worth the time and you're not seeing any kind of engagement and it's just a waste. Facebook, on the other hand, could be a really good source for your advertising. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we've been saying that all along. I don't know, do you agree with this decision that they're making? I do, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, and interestingly, and I'll get into the discussion I had with a couple of people in just a second, you know, I I think the the thing that I admire the most is – how focused they are on jettisoning things that don't serve them regardless of how popular they may be on the pop charts, you know? So they've, it doesn't matter if it worked for every single person on the planet, they jettisoned it because it didn't work for them. Exactly. And so, and this was made that I had a, I had a a discussion with uh, Michael Stelzner, of course, who, had a great point who said, you know what, but it's working for us. We're getting, you know, a a large percentage of our traffic from Facebook and our Facebook efforts. Um, And I said, well, that's great for you. I, I, I applaud you for that. And it's wonderful. And the point is, is that in so many cases, you know, we have this knee jerk reaction to say, if something that's very popular, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever, isn't working, that somehow the brand is doing it wrong, yep. right? That's our, that's our first – what are you doing wrong? Because it's working for so many people. Why is it – what we need to understand, like you just said, is that Facebook, like every other media property that has preceded it in the history of mankind, is just another media property. And it will work for some and it won't for others. And if it doesn't for you – it, you, it's the the focus to actually lose that thing and just move along, is such a is such a huge part of uh, of a smart strategy. You know, I've said to many clients before that I believe that all of these social media platforms and technology platforms are today's media buy. They are the thing that is most ephemeral and things that we need to be able to stand up and or pull down as quickly and as uh, and as flexibly as we need to when they stop serving our purpose. Because today they may work fine and tomorrow they may not. That's right. <clears throat> you know, it's interesting. So I went out to Madison, Wisconsin, and at the, the Wyden Enterprises event, which the folks at Wyden are, oh, are fan. Oh, how was that? They're fantastic. It was, it was a great, they had a great group, great a great group. customer group. Uh, so I did my epic content marketing thing and, and was taking questions at the end. And this uh, wonderful person in the front, 
was asking a questions and she she said she's getting advice from her team that they have to have a presence on every social channel and they have to put resources against every social channel that they have wherever their customers are at. So she basically says we have to do Insta- we have to do Instagram, we have to do Facebook, we have to do Twitter, we have to do LinkedIn. And she right. says, "Well, what is your would you agree with that or would you do something else? And I said, that's the most idiotic advice anyone's ever given you. So you just told, you just called her team a bunch of idiots. And I, and I, and she said, she, well, she said, thank you. She said, because I think that we should focus on the ones that are working and the ones that right. don't work, we should just discard or figure out. And I said, absolutely right. Not everyone needs to go out and we don't have to go out and say, oh, my God. And that's what we were have, making fun of, of Elo at the time. Oh, my gosh, we better right. all get an Elo strategy. <laughs> Just like right. laughing exactly. at it. But that's how we are. So t- totally in agreement. You have to figure out, okay, why are you on Facebook? What are you trying to do? And are you accomplishing that goal? And, of course, they've, you know, how long has Copyblogger had a Facebook page? Five years, six yep. years? Yeah. I think exactly. they gave it enough time. Right. And they said, this is not working. What can we do with these resources? And, and I, when I read this article, it came back to the thought, and I saw it somewhere recently, the whole Steve Jobs and his wardrobe thing. It's like, why did Steve Jobs wear black turtleneck and jeans every day? Because he didn't want to avert his attention and focus off of something else that he doesn't have to think about. So he just go into the closet. He can grab his clothes, don't have to think about it. And he can focus on things that are going to help him with his business, with his life, whatever. Things that really he wanted to use that brain power for. It's right. the same thing with this. If you don't spend time and attention on Facebook, you can reallocate that attention to something else that's going to be more profitable for your business. So every Absolutely. time every time copy blogger says no to something, they're saying yes or they're putting more resources against something else that's hopefully going to help them. And I, and I hope everybody does that, but nobody's doing it right now. Well, that, I mean, so this is what I hate about the whole word omni-channel, right? I mean, we, so you, we get, you know, exhorted by different groups for this omni-channel strategy. And what I've been telling anybody who will listen of late is, look, it may be an omni-channel world that we live in, but that doesn't mean that we have an omni-channel strategy because if we look at the Latin derivation of omni, it means everywhere. So it means that, but we don't have to be, in fact, we can't be. We, there is no way we will ever be everywhere. We cannot be omniscient about our content strategy. We have to be anywhere our customer needs us to be. That is the key difference of having an agile, flexible marketing process and that a content process that fits into an anywhere strategy. So if our customers, we discover that tomorrow our customers are gathering on LO, we can go put together an LO strategy very, very quickly and start addressing that as it needs to be. When we discover that they're not anymore gathering on Facebook because we target teens and teens are leaving Facebook faster than, you know, than if there was a cop showing up at a party, well, <laughs> then we can actually Get off of Facebook when we need to get off of Facebook. We need to have that flexibility. It's not an everywhere strategy. It's an anywhere strategy. Well, the final thing that, no, you're absolutely right. But the final thing that I would say, too, is just because you don't have a Facebook page doesn't mean people won't share your stuff on Facebook. That's exactly like For example, right. with, exactly. with Michael Stelzner, and, and, and you're right, I see that their engagement is really high for Social Media Examiner. They do a great job. But let's just say that they pulled themselves off of Facebook. They, people would still share their stuff on Facebook, mostly because a lot of that content is about Facebook. 
and how to use right. Facebook. So it makes sense to, to share that on Facebook. You're, so if you just create really compelling content and you target it, let's say you even have just an email subscriber database and you mail that or you email out that post to them, they can share it on whatever platform they want to share it on. Ello, Facebook, right. exactly. LinkedIn, Pinterest, doesn't matter. I, Let them share I told, it. I was at this afternoon. I got the very distinct pleasure of going down and working with this nonprofit here in Los Angeles. It was a little pro bono work that I like to do uh, whenever I can um, and give back to the community. So I gave them a free strategy day. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, it was wonderful. Nice. It's just, and they're a great. They're called C5 LA. Um, which they help kids um, do uh, go through this program. It's a four-year program from the time they enter high school to the time they graduate, and they go off on this wonderful thing. Anyway, I won't belabor that point. A wonderful program here in Los Angeles. And I blew their minds today by basically saying, you should stop your Facebook page because they're getting no engagement on it. And you know they're they're targeting institutional donors, and they're targeting grants, and they're targeting all these things, and they're finding that they, those people aren't engaging with them on Facebook. And I'm like, yeah, duh. And I said, what if you killed your Facebook page, but you made all of the content on the website and this new thing that really is working for you, your blog and what you're doing, you made all that shareable on Facebook. So you're leveraging Facebook as a shared content platform. And they were like, we can do that? We don't have – I'm like, yes. You don't have to have a Facebook page for Facebook to work for you as a content promotion. There you go. It absolutely works for you in that way. A lot of people don't know that. And now – the rest of the story. No, yeah, now you know, right? I mean, <laughs> dun, dun, my, dun, dun. my Paul Harvey no. just came out. Yeah. It's just I don't know what to I don't know what to tell you there. Anyways, kudos to the copy blogger. Kudos team to Brian for and doing the team that. At, I'm at I'm waiting blogger. to I'm waiting to hear about the next thing that they kill, and we can talk absolutely, about it. exactly, and cause all sorts of tumult and chaos. All right, on to the next story. So this one. It hit me close to home only because this is uh, in the land of Hollywood. So UTA, which is an agency, a talented agency here in, uh, in Hollywood, United Talent Agents is the, is the name of the acronym here, which those of you not in L.A. and not in the entertainment business might have never even heard of. It's one of the largest uh, talent agencies here. Um, and we've talked previously about agencies like CAA and William Morris and some of them getting into the content game. CAA, in fact, won a con lion this year with all the work they're doing with Chipotle and the content marketing and branded content that they're doing um, with, that, uh, with that company. Well, here we are. This, uh, this article comes to us courtesy of Media Post. Uh, UTA and Edelman, the giant PR agency, which we all know, of course, they have united to form a new agency. Um, and it is a new, what they're calling, experiential and content agency, which is close to my heart, as you might know, with content marketing sure. and experiences and all of that. And what they said was that, that the two groups are coming together to form this new marketing and branded content agency. Um, basically, they're going to call it the United Entertainment Group, which I can't stand that name, but that's not, they didn't ask me. Um, and the joint venture is basically as described an international full service entertainment, sports and experiential marketing agency creating the content, by the way, huge hat tip to uh, hat tip to Craig Hodges here from, uh, uh, from King Content, who who sent me this with the <laughs> with the note that said you predicted this, um, and yeah, here it is. I mean, what did you? I mean, you saw this. What what do you think? Well, we should just have a portion of the podcast every week that is right. What new what new agency right. deal yeah. is going on? Because we're going to yeah. talk about one next week. So this is just get ready for more and more of this. This is interesting. I mean, I'm not a big joint venture type of guy, but you never know. These sometimes these things work. The one thing so. 
I wanted to get more detail on it. And as a good using good journalistic techniques, I started going around the web, looking at more of these stories. I didn't realize. So they have, they're starting with a, with 30 million in annual revenue and 75 clients as part of this group. Um, and they say the new firm is the the largest of its kind. What does that mean? When they say it's the, cause this is on, I'm looking at the Hollywood uh, reporter and it's just, a, well, that's your first mistake. Well, they're saying Moses <laughs> says, so the guy who's, who's running the, uh, the program here, he's saying yeah. that it's a $30 million annual revenue and 75 clients. The new firm is the largest of its kind coming from the, the new CEO. Right. What does well, that neither mean? Of those th- yeah. Not, well, neither of those things are true. Um, you know, but you know, look, so, ba- is, so is, basically, the Hollywood Reporter, this is not true at all. They're making this yeah, uh, these numbers up, dude. It's Hollywood Reporter. I mean, this is the same. This is the same publication that brings you the gross box office scores of all of the movies every week. You think those are actually true too? Man, you're shaking did me I, to the ground. Did I, did I just did I just bust like a huge My myth God, here? This is like that any that anything coming out of L.A. that resembles news is actually true. <laughs> I'm I'm hurt. I'm hurt by this. <laughs> oh, there's going to be somebody who writes for Daily Variety or Hollywood Reporter <laughs> woodshed on this. But this aside, yeah, that, this aside, everybody needs to know that if they're saying it's I, the largest of its kind, which is some type of a content agency of some kind. That yeah. is not true. It is. They true. would not be, even, they would even, be a mid-sized. That's correct. Content marketing correct. agency. Look, just so everyone knows. And they're clear. If you're listening you, to this, I, you know this, but I've, yes, of course I've been in meetings where not to belabor this point or anything, but I've been in meetings here in Hollywood where companies were formed on the basis of what we could say in the press release. So why do so you, why, just, why don't you leave Los Angeles? How can you stay there? I love this city. I love this city. Nothing I is true. Nothing is nope. true there. And move where? Washington D.C. Um, <laughs> are you kidding me? You just—I can't I, make a case for anything. You just keep one-upping me every time. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the, I don't have any other comment other than the fact that no, here we was, go again, and we'll just keep talking yeah. about them, and and it's going to well. Get here, crazy. I think the takeaway here is if you work for an agency, figure this stuff out. I mean, because. These guys are going to come in and drink your milkshake with these brands, and and agencies have got to figure this stuff out and have got to stop talking like this media guy did in an ad age and have really got to start figuring out that content marketing is a real thing. There's real money going into it, and these agencies and big firms are going to come in and figure this stuff out by how to connect great stories and great talented storytellers to brands, and they're not going to use agencies for this. So if you're at an agency, you've got to get this stuff figured out right away. So agencies, listen up. Robert knows. You're the only one that tells the truth in Los Angeles. So there you go. (laughs) Well, that's a good point, actually. So irony duly noted. (laughs) (laughs) That's like anybody can believe what you're saying right now. You just said that there's no truth coming out of L.A., (laughs) and then you're saying, listen to me. This is really important. Nobody's going to listen to you. That's awesome. I love that. Well, you know, so consider the source, uh, ladies go. and gentlemen. All right, moving on. Last story of the day uh, comes to us from CMO.com. Um, 
And uh, by the way, I just have to note this, that, you know, just the media post, CMO.com, ad age, you know, more and more the stories here are coming from really, you know, larger mainstream. Isn't that something? I I mean, I actually was looking at ad age, which I would say a year ago, never would see a content marketing article yeah. that was that had content marketing in the title now you'll see multiple a week it's yeah. it's crazy yeah absolutely anyway so this comes to us from cmo.com uh the headline really interesting headline completely uh it felt like link bait here but it's a really interesting headline that didn't tend to go this way so when i say mastercard vice president of global digital marketing says content marketing is flawed um, I, of course, clicked into that, ready to bare my teeth and all of that stuff, and then read the article and went, oh, right, yeah, I totally agree. And, in fact, I was there. Um, the article comes to us from Conductor's C3 conference, which was in New York City, which I, of course, spoke at and got to follow the incomparable Seth Godin, and basically talks through how Adam Breutman, who is the MasterCard's VP of Global Digital Marketing, Basically had his session and told the room full of marketing people there, which I will tell you being C3 is mostly filled with SEO professionals, um, and said that uh, uh, content and marketing are often at odds with each other. And so he didn't quite say they were uh, – that was an oxymoron, but he basically then went on to talk about how content is really important and that you have to forget about yourself and the brand at first. And so, yeah, I get it. It's a clever way to basically say, here's what real content marketing is, which, of course, is all the things we would agree with and all of that. But uh, what did you make of this article? Did, I guess I wanted to ask you, he, was he disli- did he dislike the term? Um, no, he, did, he didn't. He didn't. And he didn't even really spend that much time on it. He basically was – um, he, he, he started it out and, and uh, said that, uh, you know, it, it was one of those things where he kind of said, I went in with this perception of what content marketing is, and then basically getting in here, this is what I've discovered, is the most amazing thing since sliced bread, blah, 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 yeah. blah. So, you know, whether he didn't really couch it as sort of it was his misunderstanding. He also he just said basically very it was off. It was like a throwaway, really, the the whole term. OK, well, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it's it confirms if, if you know, I'm just reading the quotes here that he said during the conference you were at. It confirms what we say when we go in and we look at a large enterprise and their content. He's saying about 95 percent of the marketing is marketer centered marketing or marketer-centered content instead of being about the user. And then he goes on to say it has to be about the user. It has to be about their needs, wants, limitations, uh, what's driving them at each stage, those types of things. And it can't be about your product and service. That's right. So, I mean, I like what the guy's saying. It's not like rocket science. And we've been, we talk about this forever. It's nothing new. But I think the one thing that it just confirms again, when we go into a large company, it's, it's as you say all the time, this is a muscle that they're not used to using. They're used That's to right. talking about themselves and you're going in and it's a big culture shift. And he will, he's going in and dealing with this at MasterCard, which the majority of their spend is around paid media that talks about their stuff. And they're trying yep. to move that into a different direction by figuring out, okay, where are customers hanging out? What are they talking about? How can we be part of that conversation instead of telling people here, we're going to have this conversation come over here. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, when he says there are a lot of brands out there putting garbage out there and calling it content marketing, he's right on the money, right? Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, in both in both sort of ways that are, you know, you, you look at and go, yeah, I, you, you're doing that, 
badly, like you're doing it wrong, and then there are those that are sort of really trying and not quite getting there, and, and sort of this, you know, as we've said before, there's content in marketing, of course, inherently, that's what it is, and then there's content marketing, right? There's the process of actually getting to delivering value to your audience, your buyer, your user, whatever you call them, and delivering that value consistently and over time and using it to drive some business result. That's content marketing. That's, you know, so what he's basically saying is that traditional marketing with content is flawed and content marketing is the solution, right? So th that's, that's what he's really saying and what he really said, um, which they've encapsulated into a, into a wonderfully clickbaity headline. And, and I love how he got in, make your content priceless. Come on. Yeah, of course. Come I mean, on. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. Man. you got to love that. Come on, right? man. Come on. <laughs> that's shenanigans. That I, is call shenanigans. Shenanigans I, I call shenanigans on that. I call shenanigans on priceless. All <laughs> right. Well, speaking of priceless, we have our wonderful sponsor that is just priceless. Absolutely. And and for again another week, thanks to the good folks at Ektron for being PNR's this old marketing sponsor. Uh, oh, Ektron. I know. If you don't know Ektron, global leader in digital experience management software. That's what they're calling it. That's interesting. Digital experience management. That's new. That's it. What that your old industry was not called that, it was called content management. Well, my, I don't want to get off on a rant here because I have a rave later. But I, you know, I, I can get off on a rant. No, 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 no rant, no rant. I'm just, it, it's right, interesting because yeah, your yeah. your term your <laughs> term is really about experiences, and you talk about experiences. Yes, I just thought I that was it. interesting. Yes. So yes. our good folks at Ektron, don't be getting me negative right now. I'm doing the sponsor <laughs> post thing. I gotta be positive. I love Ektron. Ektron is promoting understand. their. I've known Bill forever. <laughs> they're promoting their new ebook, the five minute guide to rebranding and redesigning your website. It really is a five minute guide. You have to spend five minutes. Go download this. Go to bitly.com. It's a good download. Yeah, it's, it's a good and download. it's an easy read. Bitly.com slash pnr dash rebrand, and it basically goes through. Okay, why would you? Think about redesigning or rebranding your website. Who sets the priorities? What What are the questions you need to ask? Why are you going to do it in the first place? What makes sense? How to get IT involved? All that stuff. And as we all know, marketing is more involved in these decisions than ever before. So if you don't know what you're doing or you need a little bit of guidance going into this process before you make a big blunder, which you and I have both seen a lot of horrible things happened oh. around rebranding and redesigning the website. So let's not go into that direction. Let's make sure we understand what we're doing. Go download this ebook from Ektron, bitly.com slash PNR dash rebrand. Download it today. Thanks again, Ektron. We appreciate the support. We love you. Keep on coming back for more. Good stuff. Good, Good deal. Stuff. Oh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the show that everybody loves so much and tells us that they love so much. It's our rants and rave section, which Joe and I go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave about something that's got us up in arms or something we want to show a little love to. Um, and because Mr. Polizzi has the this, oh one my God, market, I he's do. He's going to go. You're going first. You know this. <laughs> so my this is. I, I've been ranting the whole time, so I'm going to rave a little bit. <laughs> Good. But it's not probably why you would think. So this, and I I never rave at anything that Starbucks does for the most part. But um, Starbucks YouTube channel, they have a whole program called Meet Me at Starbucks. And the only reason I know about Meet Me at Starbucks is the article that you shared with me from the New York Times. There was an ad for it, for the video called Meet Me at Starbucks. And it was it's basically a... Uh, 
let's see, it's a seven-minute video about what happens in 28 meetings that happened in 28 different cities in Starbucks on the same day. I just thought it was just it's just oh, interesting. I love that. Well, here so so in and of itself it's interesting and I could have gone through right. and watched the whole thing, but what it was really and I've never seen this before. Maybe you have. So we'll have to show a picture on the site with the show notes. But as you go through, there's these little loops in YouTube. So I'm looking at it on YouTube HD and there's these loops and these loops are where they go into more detail about that particular meeting. So you you can watch the whole thing straight through, but then you can click a little loop. It's it's almost like shoots and ladders. And you go through and you click on a shoot, and then you go to another video that goes into detail about what they were talking about and the meeting and the startup and the thing with the with, in the place wow. with the and I'm like, no way. I didn't even know you could do this in YouTube. So this is the thing that fascinated me. So if you get a chance, go to meet me at Starbucks. It's basically youtube.com slash Starbucks. You go to it, click on the Meet Me at Starbucks tab, which is their whole video there. And there's like, there's 10 videos within the one video, and they're about in depth stories of each of these meetings that happened in the 28 cities. And I'm just, it was just cool. It was just a. That was, there was a, there was a company who did this, and I'm, I'm blanking on their name. They're a life sciences company. Um, they're actually here in LA too, and I'm trying to remember their name. Jay Bear did. Oh, it. you're talking about when that you can select A or B, and then they go into exactly. Yeah. It was like a choose your own choose your own adventure thing. Group. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is similar to it, but I ext- it was instructional videos. Right? Yes, and I but I've never seen this happen in the timeline where I mean I've seen it happen where it'll come out and say click here for details on this meeting. But I right. did never saw it in in line with the timeline and the little shoots and ladders thing. Really so cool. I, because and then what it does is when you go to one of those, it shows you your path. It it'll show wow. you what you missed if you wanted to go back and see something. And I just anyways, you got to check it out because I'm like, Ooh, this is this is a cool use of technology. I have, I have started to see, by the way, in longer YouTube videos, uh, the ads in the middle, not just pre-roll or end-roll. It's like ads in the middle of the YouTube video. Oh, God help us. Yeah. Are you exactly. kidding me? No, that's what, no, we, that's what we need. We need interruption in the middle of the storytelling, not at the front exactly or the right. back. We need it yeah. all the way well, through. Which, by the way, sidebar on CBS's thing, kudos to CBS for putting the, the five ninety nine download thing that they're going to do, but they, they you have to watch the commercials with it. Are you serious? Yeah. That's, oh, come yeah, on. That's, Right, right. Shenanigans, right. I tell you. Anyways, right. shenanigans, what do you, right? Do you have a rant or a rave this I, week? Well, I have a I have a rave, but it's preceded by a very tiny rant. Oh, okay. So, of course, it uh, is. those yeah yeah. So <laughs> those that are those that are familiar um, uh, with me um, know that one of my go to sources, sort of religiously, is Harvard Business Review's blog. I I, I read it almost every single day, um, and you know sometimes it's great, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's infuriating but mostly it's really really good and so they've changed their approach now and i you know as a as a faithful reader for more than 10 years now um i i'm i'm a registered user so i get it in email and i've you know i buy stuff you know i i I buy pdfs through their store and all sorts of things so i'm i'm what they would call a recurring customer but um, they've now changed where it's that it's that model that I can't stand, which is the you know you can look at four articles oh, and then you have no. to register before, which I can't stand because it means that I can't really send links anymore without thinking that somebody's going to not be able to get in, which just annoys the hell out of me. But anyway, so that's my tiny little rant is 
um, HBR, I hate the fact that you're doing that now. Um, my rave is actually a blog post that appeared um, uh, last week. And it's just wonderful because those, for those of you who also know me, know that how much of a Peter Drucker fan I am and, and I've read so many books. Um, and this is coming on the, uh, the, the I guess, the, the very beginning of uh, leading up to the Global Drucker Forum, which is a yearly event, and it's one that I so wish I could go to. I mean, uh, if there's anybody out there at the Global Drucker Forum, um, know that I wish I could go to that. It's going to be in Vienna, Austria, which, is, of course, is just beautiful, and it's going to be November 13th and 14th, and, of course, I won't be there, but it looks like an amazing, amazing conference. Anyway, that's all beside the point. This blog post is titled, What Peter Drucker Knew About 2020. And, you know, with thinking about where we're going in the next five years, ten years, et cetera, it's really just this outline, and it's done by basically the executive director of the Drucker Institute, and he just goes through, like, in very good detail, but not too much detail, all of these wonderful things that Peter Drucker sort of foresaw about the year 2020. Um, you know, so, for example, he, he, he puts together this, uh, you know, when Drucker wrote that information enables knowledge workers to do their job. Remember, this is 60 years ago. And he was saying this is especially true for executives and how that data now is sort of in this weird place where we're looking to, as he says, the bean counters, the sales force, and the IT department to serve up numbers that we believe are most relevant, which, you know, and there's just so much goodness here in terms of what Drucker talked about and what he believed in and sort of his prescient sight for what would become, you know, the information age is and what we're de- all the challenges that we have now. It's just it was it was wonderfully inspiring to me. So I just had to had to come on and read. Well, now I'm going to I didn't read it. Now I'm going to have to read it. Oh, it's just great. I have to it's read just a, great. Read another thing. Um, it's it's it will make you at the end of it it will make you want to go read Drucker it just it it really will it's just it's just fantastic Drucker is fantastic you're right I, yeah. what's the what's what's the the book um, that he wrote that the efficient executive what's the one yeah that's it the um, uh, management um, uh, now you've got it blown it out of my head um, okay you think uh, I'm gonna do this thing I'll do this old marketing and you think of it because I can't. I, I have the book over in the other office. I just yeah, I can't right. see it. Anyways. Yeah. All right. So I wanted to – now, this is not a this old marketing, but I love this case uh, because of what they're doing and maybe more because of what they're allowed to do. So this is Qualcomm Spark. Uh, if you don't know Qualcomm Spark, you need to go check it out, and we'll put it in the show notes, but it's spark.qualcomm1l2ms.com. And what I really think is interesting about this is – they somebody in the organization believes in content marketing so much that they said we're going to double down and if they go to the say it's all about innovation everything on spark is in you know entrepreneurial innovation marketing innovation every everything is about how we can invent how we can discover how we can do things differently and it's usually involved around technology of some kind but not qualcomm's technology they're not talking about their products and services hardly at all that i can see It's just about what's going on in the world today and how we can learn targeting people that are interested in this technology. So what I know about this program from talking to some of the folks there, they're given editorial freedom to cover whatever they want. And I even asked the question, hey, if you 
if you need to cover a competitor's technology, do you do that? And they said, well, they would they would not stop us from doing that if it met the goals and the overall mission of the program, which just blew me away because nobody does wow. that. So there's a couple things that are interesting. That in that you go to the site, there's all kinds of news and information, and they're they're covering news like news news what's going on in technology and innovation. And then they're just they have column pieces. I mean, it is a full fledged media site, so you got to check it out. But the other thing is, they have all this episodic content that just blows me away. So they have one that's called Entrepreneurial Invention in in Las Vegas. What's going at the Digital Six Sense? Uh, they've got one on NASCAR. Uh, they, I mean, they, and they're, they're ongoing video series that they put into. I mean, the one that I that I was watching on Entrepreneurial Invention was episode 1.8, uh, which I don't know. I think that maybe that's their eighth eighth episode or whatever the case right. is. They just started. Right. This is this site can't season one episode. Yeah, eight. exactly. This this site site can't be more than 18 months old. But it's right. just interesting to see. So not of this old marketing example, but I think I'm going to be interested to see how this pans out. And, is, and to get more information on why they're doing it, what they've seen, what kind of results, is it moving the brain, you know, whatever the goals are, because I haven't seen somebody go so quickly. So, I mean, there's a lot of investment that's been made in this site, especially with the videos that are going on and the type of uh, journalism techniques that they're using. So I just wanted to say hats off to this program. And I think that we should probably, uh, as uh, this old marketing, we should probably keep in touch with these folks and see kind of on the on the next when we get to episode 101 when we check in <laughs> right. on the business marketing association we're going to check in on the folks from Qualcomm Spark at the same time math with Joe <laughs> common <Everybody>. core <laughs> with Joe Polizzi so the book you were looking for was the effective example thank you in 1966 oh, yes i've been up and all night my- my book, my favorite book, The Practice of Management, which came in 1954, and that's where he said most famously that there is only uh, two distinguishing functions in the business, marketing and innovation, and there are only two. Everything else is cost. So all of this, so take Beautiful. that. So uh, where are you? Well, uh, tomorrow, you and I are together. Denver, there it is. Yeah, I think we should go on a dinner date tomorrow i think we should let's too. go have, a, let's go have some steak lovely. and wine and we'll do something oh. nice and hopefully you and i won't be delayed we'll go do that and then the next day we've got denver Masterclass, our first Masterclass. our first master class post content marketing world so that'll be fantastic yep. and then that'll kick off i don't know what the next one is charlotte or new york and then we've it's, got uh, san francisco charlotte, charlotte yeah. new york and in uh, san, san francisco so you and i'll be spending a lot of time with each other and it'll be fun we'll be out on it's the gonna, road we're doing the oh, road show it's thing be great oh it's we're gonna rose. create Joe some shenanigans it's gonna shenanigans be shenanigans will be had my friend. <laughs> shenanigans will be had all right well that is it for joe polizzi this is robert rose signing off and do tweet us up won't you hashtag this old marketing uh, and, you know, if you've got a question, send an email or hashtag us up, either one, thisoldmarketing at contentinstitute.com. And if you like this episode, number 49, we hope you'll consider subscribing on iTunes or Stitcher. Leave us a review, too. Would you let us know how all these shenanigans are going down with you? All the links you heard us talk about will be on the show notes available at thisoldmarketing.com on Saturday. Remember, everybody, it's your story to tell. Go out there and tell it well. See you next week on This Old Marketing. Thank you.